1: on Local Now, Channel 525.
0: 62 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. <music>
1: there's something else and that is not only the content of the gospel but the call the call of the gospel the call of the message of reconciliation and he tells us this in verse 20 there's content but then what do you do with this content you call people to christ verse 20 therefore we are ambassadors for christ i mean the therefore means in light of All of this, in light of the gospel message, here's what we do. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is a tremendous verse because it tells us that while the death of Christ provides the way for people to be reconciled, nobody actually experiences reconciliation and salvation unless they personally respond to the message with repentance and faith.
0: In his book titled, You Are God's Plan A and There Is No Plan B, Dwight Robertson said, It is time to take a closer look at what God says in His Word about the nature of ministry and who's called and qualified to do it. Jesus chose the ordinary. He validated the weak. He called the imperfect. He sought the humble of heart. And He gave them all a significant role to play. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher for these daily radio Bible classes. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Over the past few days, we've been taking a close look at what God said in His Word about our role in God's plan of redemption. And we're seeing that Robertson isn't the only one who made that claim. Paul said in Romans 10 How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Who's God counting on to bring people good news of good things? That's right, you and me. In our last program, Pastor Steve began giving us some help on how to clearly communicate that good news. He talked about the need to be clear that we are all sinners and then went on to point out that God's holiness cannot tolerate sin. Let's pick up there in our study of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's Pastor Steve.
1: Now, why don't people, let me just stop here and, and raise this issue. Why don't pe- more people know about God's holiness? One reason is because we're not evangelizing today, telling them about God's holiness. We tell them about all other kinds of things, but not about God's holiness. In fact, very few tracts, you know, little, little booklets you hand to people, and this is a good assignment for you. When you read a tract the next time before you give it to somebody, read and see if you can find the tract other than God's gift to you, but if you could find the track that that even mentions the holiness of God, many tracks are emphasizing about going to heaven—that's their angle—or about being at peace with God or being saved from hell, and all of that is legitimate. But I have rarely found a track that says God is offended by your sin and you need salvation because. Of, of what God says, you are lost because of his holiness. He demands justice. Now, that leads us to a third point, that as you're sharing the gospel with people, you first share that they are they are sinful, like everybody. Secondly, that you tell them about God's nature, emphasizing his holiness. You emphasize that because you won't have to emphasize his love. He's holy. But that leads to the third truth that you tell them about the gospel. And the third is about Jesus Christ. You must tell people about Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done for them on the cross. Once people know they're sinners and they see the seriousness of their sin in light of God's holiness, you need then to tell them the good news. And the good news is centered in the work and person of Jesus Christ. What you told them up to this point is actually the bad news. The bad news is they're sinners and that if they die in their sin, they're going to go to hell because hell is paying for your sin forever and ever and ever. It's it's eternal punishment. But the good news is that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And God in the person of Jesus Christ went to the cross to pay for your sac- to pay for your your sins eternally. And and Paul implies that when he says in verse 19 that God was in Christ that is to say that God the Father and Jesus Christ are one in union. One in union. We believe in the triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but they are one in union and Jesus Christ is full deity. And and you never want to uh, say anything that would, would lead people to think otherwise. Be emphatic about this. He is God. It's a non-negotiable. He is fully God, fully man. But we also need to tell them that being fully God makes him the only one qualified to go to the cross. And in going to the cross, this is where that phrase in verse 19 comes in, not counting their trespasses against them. This speaks of the substitutionary act of his death. Now watch this. Being the eternal God-man, God in the form of God could never die on the cross, but God in the form of man could. Being the eternal God-man, he died in their place, but more than in their place, he died an eternal death in their place. The, the death of Jesus Christ was not something that was just spread out over six hours. The death of Jesus Christ, because it was an eternal payment, takes care of all of our sins eternally. All of our sins eternally. An eternal God-man eternally took care of your sins. See, all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, all those animal sacrifices, they were just, they were just temporal. Just temporary. They, they just took away temporary punishment. But in Jesus Christ, we have a sacrifice that is eternal. That's why it never needs to be repeated and over and over and over again. Once and for all, he has taken our sins. It's why it's what John the Baptist meant when he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes it away forever, permanently, all of it. That's what took place. And and he died. He took the eternal punishment of us all. And Paul alluded to this in verse 19 when he says reconciling the world to himself. Now, I need to clarify something here. This does not mean, as some believe, that ultimately everyone will be saved by the death of Christ. That's a heresy known as universalism, that ultimately we'll all be saved because reconciliation has taken place in Christ. That everybody has already been reconciled to God. That That's a doctrine that's foreign to the Word of God. It is, it is not only foreign to the Word of God, it's absolute heresy. If that were the case, if everybody is already reconciled because Christ died for them, then why bother telling anybody? What's the Apostle Paul doing, being an ambassador for Christ? What is the Great Commission about? Why are we told to tell others? Why do you even need the gospel if you're already saved? No, that, that's a heresy, and the Bible teaches that only those who who repents and trusts Christ alone will be saved. Everyone else is going to be separated from God forever in hell. Why? Because the death of Christ, watch this, only provides the opportunity for reconciliation. It does not reconcile you unless you trust Christ. It, as I said last week, it only, if I could put it this way, it only makes us savable. It does not save us only those who come to Christ in repentance and faith to receive the gift of salvation will actually experience the reconciliation that he's provided and that's why in verse 20 Paul is going to to give us something that wraps up the guy so there are four points of the gospel but he's also moving on to another element about the message of reconciliation the first one is the content the content at which you basically saw that's the content that we're sinners God is holy. God is loving. God must punish our sin, even though he loves us. Jesus Christ, the God man, came to this this world in order to die for our sins and bring us to God. But there's something else, and that is not only the content of the gospel, but the call, the call of the gospel, the call of the message of reconciliation. And he tells us this in verse 20. There's content, but then what do you do with this content? You call people to Christ. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. I mean, the therefore means in light of all of this, in light of the gospel message, here's what we do. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is a tremendous verse because it tells us that while the death of Christ provides the way for people to be reconciled, nobody actually experiences reconciliation and salvation unless they personally respond to the message with repentance and faith. What does that mean? If you look at the Gospel of John chapter 1, so simple and yet so profound, this is how we're saved. This is what we do with this message. John chapter 1 verse 12, but as many as received him, received Jesus, which means to welcome him, to embrace him, to them, he gave the right to become children of God. That's how you become a child of God. You receive Christ. And then John clarifies it, even to those who believe in his name. Receiving is the same thing as believing. And believing is not simply intellectually knowing about Christ. I'm afraid there are many people who think they know, that they know Christ and are saved because they have head knowledge about him. They can even articulate the gospel. But they've never actually come in repentance, which means to forsake your sin. They've never turned to, to Christ and in forsaking their sin, embracing Him as Lord and trusting Him as Savior. They've not done that. Well, Paul says that that's the only way we do it. It's repentance and faith. And, and John says that receiving and believing and that's all tied into that. The only way that people will ever come to Christ is if we tell them the gospel. We call them to Jesus Christ. We call them to with the message of reconciliation. In fact, Paul says, How will they hear except somebody preach to them? How shall they hear without a preacher? And and we've been sent. It's Romans 10, we've been sent. That's why Paul says we are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? He's someone who represents a, a king or, or a, a leader. Like a foreign ambassador would do today, we represent the king of one country to another country. That's what's happened. That's, what's happened. That's what we are. We are ambassadors to tell people how they can be reconciled. What, are, what is the basic role of an ambassador? Let, let's simplify it. He is not to speak on his own behalf. He doesn't go there saying, you know, I believe this. All he does is he speaks on behalf and in place of the leader who sent him. That's it. If he begins to give his own opinions, he's pulled back from the field. An ambassador is one who only speaks what he's been told to say. In other words, he is the, the, the voice of an ambassador in a very real sense is the voice of his king that sent him. That's exactly what Paul is saying. That's why Paul says that in his role, and it's our role too, as ambassador of Jesus God, notice verse 20, is making an appeal through us. God is speaking through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What a great truth. What an incredible statement. Paul means that every time you and I share this gospel, this message of reconciliation to unbelievers, God speaks to them. Every time we share the gospel, God speaks to them. And what does God say? What is he saying? He lovingly pleads with them to come to Christ for reconciliation. That's what Paul Paul is saying. Jesus is in heaven. He's left us here as his ambassadors into this foreign world as we are aliens in a lost world. And our role is to tell them about how to be reconciled to God. And every time we do this, Paul says God is speaking through us, actually urging people, if you will, begging people, pleading with people to come to Christ. See, what this reveals is that you haven't really explained the full message of the gospel until you tell someone how to be reconciled to Christ. So, when you finish sharing about Christ's death for them and telling telling them that they have to receive Christ only by by faith and faith alone, then you simply ask them, "Would you like to trust Christ? I invite you to come to Jesus. Is there any reason why you wouldn't be interested in this?" We actually give An invitation. That's right. That's right. We actually invite people. We ask people to trust Christ for salvation. See, you must tell them that they're sinners. You must tell them that God is holy and must punish their sin. You must tell them that Christ has already paid for their sins and provided a way to be reconciled to God. But then, having said all that, you must tell them that the only way to experience reconciliation with God is to repent of being a rebel and come and trust Him for salvation. God has only provided the means of reconciliation. It must be appropriated. And it's appropriated by faith and faith alone. Now, this is very important to understand. I want you to hear me. There are some, some believers who, um, come under the label of hyper Calvinist. Now, a Calvinist is one, I would consider myself a Calvinist, but not a hyper Calvinist. A, a Calvinist is one who believes what we preached on last Sunday morning. Can you remember that? What we preached on is that God in eternity past chose some in Christ to be saved. That God is totally sovereign. God is the one who works in our lives, brings us to Christ. He predestinates us to be conformed to the image of His Son. He calls us with that irresistible calling. He just, it's, it's, salvation is all of God. If you are in that camp theologically, and that's what we teach and believe here, then you are a Calvinist. The name Calvinist comes from John Calvin who uh, taught those truths. But there are some who go beyond that and they are called, at least we have labeled them, some have labeled them hyper-Calvinists. And one of the beliefs of a hyper-Calvinist is that you don't invite anybody to accept Christ. You, you don't give an invitation. When I say invitation, I'm not talking about an altar call. I'm talking about saying that Christ is offering you eternal life. Would you like to uh, receive that? they would say that since only the elect will come, since only the elect will come, they would say that it it is inappropriate to issue a universal invitation for all sinners to be reconciled. Now, I believe only the elect will come. Problem is, I don't know who the elect are. Spurgeon said if the elect had a yellow stripe on their back, then our ministry would be picking up people's shirts, looking at their backs. And then we preach to them. But that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. We are to invite all to Christ. In fact, I I know one person who says, in effect, you just present the gospel and leave it at that. You don't invite anybody. You know what? Paul didn't do that. Paul did invite people. Paul said right here that his role as an ambassador is to call people to be reconciled to God. And by the way, I might just add, when he is saying this in verse 20, he is not appealing to the Corinthians, I don't believe, to be saved. They're already saved. This This is a church of believers. What he is saying is, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe in the Greek language, and Bruce can check me out on this, I believe the word you, when he says we beg you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God, I believe the word you is not there. We, we beg on behalf of, of Christ be reconciled to God, even if it is there. that The point is this, he is not giving an invitation to the Corinthians. He is saying that when we share the gospel, this is our role. We tell people be reconciled. This is our message. So Paul certainly did that. Paul didn't say that you only uh, preach the gospel and just leave it at that. If people want to come to Christ, they will. That that is not taught in the Bible. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's that's an open invitation. Jesus said to the whole city of Jerusalem, he wept over the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He said, how how often I have longed for you to come to me. And uh, many of those people were uh, lost. Many of those people died in their sins, and yet Jesus was concerned, and, and essentially invited the whole city. So, folks, this is why the Apostle Paul was so criticized and accused of being a religious fanatic because of his evangelistic work. Is evangelism your priority? Is it your priority? Do you have this same obsession to share the gospel, though people may look at you as uh, sort of bizarre, they'll, they'll criticize you, They'll say you're you're irrational. This is all that you think about. This is where Paul was. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to share the gospel with people. When we gather on Sunday mornings, we gather to be taught as God's people. But when we scatter, we scatter to evangelize. That's why our our morning and evening service when we teach the Bible are not primarily evangelistic. God's people come to be fed, and we scatter to evangelize. The loss, but evangelism, when you go out of here, is a priority. This is what we're about. If, if we don't share the gospel, there is, this, there's basically no, no reason for us to not just, you know, be taken to heaven right away. That's why we're here on this earth, to share with others about Jesus Christ. This is your role. This is my role as ambassadors for Christ. And I realize that it is uh, easy to be intimidated. It is uh, difficult at times to share our faith with the ridicule and, and all of that, and sometimes we're embarrassed. But let me put it to you this way, so maybe you'll get a different perspective on it. Begin to see yourself as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That when you speak to people... It is not only an honor and a privilege for you to represent the king of kings, but it is an honor and a privilege that that the, that the those people you're speaking to actually have an ambassador for the king of all kings speaking to them. You are going in his place and inviting them to come to Christ. It is not your message. It is not your opinion. Just be faithful to the word. Tell them the simple gospel. They're sinners. God loves them, but He's holy and must punish their sin. Jesus Christ is God and died in their place, and and they are invited to come in repentance and faith and trust Him. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Now, if you don't know Christ as your reconciler, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior and reconciler, then understand that you can come to Him today. He has provided a way for you to be saved from your sins, from from eternal damnation, and be reconciled to God. It is through Christ and Him alone. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we can be of any help to you in giving you guidance on that, we're here. One of our elders will be right up here at the front when we close the service. If you'd like to speak to him, you are more than welcome to do that. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank You for the richness of this passage of Scripture. How marvelous, Lord. How marvelous that you and your holiness and infinite wisdom and justice and love would put it all together and create a plan whereby sinful man, people like us, those who are hostile towards you can be brought back into restoration. It's all of your grace. Lord, help us to be faithful to tell others about that. I know that it's easy to be a little overwhelmed, it's easy to be scared, it's easy to let fear control us, but we are your ambassadors and I thank you for that. We don't have to go with any kind of embarrassment. We represent the King of Kings and if they uh, if they hated you and they hated Paul, yes, they will hate us and they will be angry, but that still doesn't change the fact that we are your ambassadors and we serve you and count it a privilege and when we speak to others lord nothing about us that's that to be proud of but it's an honor for them that your ambassador has come to speak to them it's an honor that the king of kings is speaking through us and telling them to be reconciled lord i pray that you'll also we have no way of knowing who the elect are but i pray that you'll you'll bring us in the paths of those who uh, have been chosen by you and who we can lead to christ and who we can disciple and help to build up but Regards of that, help us to be faithful no matter where we are, to share you and to know that, uh, that you are pleading with people through us, speaking to them through us, to be reconciled to you. We pray all of this, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: What happens when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior? We go straight to heaven, right? <laughs> Obviously not. He keeps us here for a while. Why? Well, what reason could there be other than to tell others about Jesus? If the gospel is really true, then there's no reason for us to linger here after salvation other than to point other people to the cross. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you're in Clearwater on a Sunday and looking for a church to attend, we hope you'll feel welcome to pay us a visit. I'm sure you'll find a warm welcome and solid biblical teaching. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Find out more at lakesidechapel.com. First by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside Chapel. That means we depend in part on the prayers and gifts of people like you to help us keep producing and airing these programs. Visit our website, firstbyverseradio.org. You'll find giving information on the giving page. You can even give securely online if you choose. Another thing you'll find on our website is a downloadable or streamable copy of today's program along with hundreds of previous broadcasts. Click the Message Archive tab to see what's available. That's versebyverseradio.org. We also offer free CDs with Pastor Steve's entire message on one disc. Call 727-239-0306 to ask for your copy. That's 727-239-0306. Ask for Message 629, The Ministry of Reconciliation, Part 2. One more special offer before we go, and it's for our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind and you want a free audio Bible for your digital player, call 800-838-5924 or visit www.blindbibles.com. I'm Jerry Peterson. For Pastor Steve Kreloff and the others here at Verse by Verse, thanks for listening. We hope you can be here for the next Bible lesson. And before we say goodbye, let me ask you a question to think about in the meantime. Does knowing Jesus died for me give me eternal life? Well, the answer, as you probably know, is no. Knowledge of his death is not enough. It's like if someone wrote me
1: a check for $100. That check does no good until I accept it. I hope you can be here next time as